0: Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today we have Gary Gumbleton. He is the founder of Capital Content, which is an amazing name. It almost sounds like a finance institute because (laughs) that's how important content is, right? How are you today, Gary? Oh, good, thank
1: you. Thanks for having me along.
0: No, thanks for doing this. So straight into this, what is capital, Capital Content about?
1: Uh, Well, we are a a digital agency that focuses exclusively on video content. Um, So we're not a production house. What we do is we uh, handle the strategy for a company. So if they want to raise brand awareness or sell more product, uh, we kind of build that strategy uh, to help achieve those objectives using video content. Then we produce the content uh, and then we uh, kind of help with the guidance around getting eyeballs to those
0: videos and helping them convert. Fantastic so when you say you're not a production house so you won't go out there and send a video or videographer to a site or yeah no we yeah so we're not uh, you know what, what i mean
1: by a production company is that normally a production company will just go out shoot the video edit it and send it yeah. over and what we do is we handle the strategy as well so cool. yeah, we have kind of three people in-house uh, full time but then we have um kind of 10 videographers uh, around the country that I send in when we can't do it internally Uh, and those videographers have been like pre-selected on the type of person they are as well as the quality of work that they do
0: that's an interesting one because uh you know I think we all we're all aware about how important video is for businesses now what's the biggest change you've seen since starting the business three years ago right
1: uh yeah so i actually ran an agency for a couple of years in nz a uh, video content agency and then when i came back here i started capital content and yeah so we're, we're three years in april now and i think really not the, the, there is it hasn't been much of a change i mean there's been a massive uptake or increasing uptake over the past three years yeah. um, but what i'm trying to change is uh this whole episodical piece so what it used to be was companies would make a five minute video uh, you know and about us or whatever it might be and you know sit on that video for a year uh, no one really watches it uh, it's way too long nowadays it's all about episodical content so rather than one five minute video you want five one minute videos or 10 30 second videos really and um, because you want a video every week you know same time so it, it's funny what i explain to people is that it's no longer the uh, like the BBC's and the Netflix is making content anymore or the majority of content, it's the hairdressers on the high street, mm. but it's still the same kind of strategy. So, you know, uh, BBC and Netflix, let's say they release an episode every week. Again, the, the the hairdresser on the high street needs to release an episode every week, but it's got to be 30 seconds and not 30 minutes. And yeah. that's one kind of the change that I'm trying to make to people, you know, there, there hasn't necessarily been a change as a whole uh, it's more really a focus on video content you know there's a what i try to explain is that the biggest kind of uh, buying group nowadays is the millennials the big m word right <laughs> and for years we've been telling them look don't worry it's okay you're going to be able to buy a house and now they're unable lies. To lie to
0: us, all yeah? lies. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've lied to them and now they don't trust us so what you now need to do is when the millennials are researching a company, when they want to invest their cash in you, they want to be able to uh, trust that company. The only way you can build trust is face to face, but you can't be face to face with all thousands of your customers. So the next best thing is video content. And that's the, the biggest side of it. Is you've got to have this conversation via video uh, to help build trust online nowadays.
0: And what typical businesses are you working with then?
1: Oh, mate, it ranges. I mean, it could be, you know, a one-man band plumber right up to Deloitte. You know, so, I mean, the the bulk of it is kind of the the SME, the small to medium. You know, anything from 10 employees up to 50 employees. Um, But, yeah, we also have Deloitte. We have some major um, uh, charities on board. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, it's anything, really. Like I said, it could be a hairdresser. It could be an estate agent. It Mm. could be a professional services firm it's literally our, uh, um, you'll see the examples on our site at the, the industry verticals are so varied. It, it's actually really good for us because we never get bored. There's always something different to do each day, you know?
0: Yeah. You're not recording the same sort of thing every day. And- yeah,
1: that's right. Like say, for example, we've got a shoot at Stelhurst Park for um, Surrey FA. They're doing a a quick video on, uh, what is it? It's kind of like a sensory room for um, extreme children, extremely disabled children, to be able to watch the games, but in a safer, more enclosed environment. Awesome. Uh, and then I've got uh, a guy over in Barcelona doing a shoot at a health tech company at the moment. And what else do we have this week? Uh, oh, a cup draw. Uh, <laughs> a lot of sport. Uh, sport and health has been this week, but yeah, it's so varied, and, and like we never get bored. You know, it's great.
0: Amazing. When you started, when you came back and started the agency three years ago, did you? <laughs> Did you know it was going to morph into what it is today, where you've got all these different projects on, or did you have a different vision for it?
1: Uh, no, you know, I'm surprised at the the speed of growth. Mm. You know, when I moved to NZ years ago, you know, I spent kind of ten years there, and like I said, the last couple of years I ran an agency, and then when I came back, got married, came back, brought the wife with me, and what, right. I, yeah, what I realized was. You know, I started telling people a couple of projects that I was doing when I first moved back. Uh, and I think New Zealand is such a small micro economy that the agencies needed to be really innovative to try and capture the small amount of dollars that were to be spent.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so stuff that I was doing in NZ kind of five years ago now, you know, the UK is only just starting to do now. And I think that's what's kind of helped as a catalyst for our growth is that stuff that I'm pushing, like ideas that I'm coming up with, I did years ago in nz so
0: that's
1: you know i I didn't really think that i would grow so quickly like i was you know in my living room with a laptop and a camera uh trying to avoid watching netflix eating toast drinking coffee and then all of a sudden six months later i got my first employee another six months later i moved into a two thousand square foot barn with two other employees and it just kind of exponentially grew without me you know trying too hard you know it was uh, it definitely grew into i mean the vision is there it's definitely who we are and what i planned it to be um but yeah i wasn't expecting the growth that we'd encountered it's definitely not
0: how how have you handled the fast growth um
1: oh well, it's funny because like i mentioned we have all these freelancers around the country so we can breathe with the industry quite quickly mm-hmm. you know and I, when i moved into the agency in nz that they it was kind of a bare bone. So they just kind of were plodding along. And what I had done is put a lot of process improvement in there to be able to scale with ease and with speed. So I just pulled all those processes uh, over to the UK and we can handle it. You know, I can handle 10 shoots in a day uh, because I have all these processes and stuff in place. What we do struggle with is uh, sales really. I mean, uh, you know, I I wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of sales, I do editing, I do shooting, I do everything, you know, I do marketing mm. a whole lot. But to kind of keep that consistency of sales is quite tough, you know. We had a bit of a quiet p- uh, patch last year, but it's because we were so busy I couldn't focus on sales and then, you know, you get peaks and troughs. Yeah. So
0: it's quite tough. Cat- one of those catch-22 situations.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Time t- Is 2020 the year to build out a sales team then?
1: I, without a doubt. It's funny because, uh, you know, we uh, ha- had a sales director, she's now on maternity leave at the moment. And, you know, what we found, or there's a, a, another company called Cactus, I don't know if you know Cactus, they're kind mm-hmm. of like an agency growth company, you know, yeah. and Spencer Gallagher and stuff like that. And they have all these tips and tricks on how to grow your agency. And they recently released a report, um, which you, I would definitely recommend any, any agency kind of having a look at that. And it basically explains where your sales leads come from or where agency sales leads have come from over the past kind of couple of years, and outgoing emails, outgoing calls uh, were like one percent of all leads. Wow! And it, it, you know w- what they kind of shown was that actually it's referrals and mm. public speaking and thought leadership online were the majority of where leads come from. So so and now when I look back after reading that report I look back at where all the last couple of sales have come from absolutely we have hardly sold anything from cold emails cold phone calls but where I've raised my own personal brand for public speaking or doing thought leadership videos uh, and referrals that's where the majority has come from so really it's, it's a different way of looking at sales nowadays you don't need a salesperson hitting the phones hard yeah. you've got to be strategic about it you know
0: and and that goes with your brand you know your brand is video right so yeah, absolutely yeah yeah if you if, if I had a random phone call from some guy saying hey I'm from Capital Content I'll be like who but now <laughs> yeah. I've you know now I've seen your stuff on LinkedIn and yeah you know, I, I saw the um the testimonial that you posted today or yesterday uh
1: yeah, yeah no it was uh, the
0: catco couch was it or the there was a no test- the
1: sorry sorry fc sorry fa yeah
0: that's FA. right yeah which was excellent dude well done on that and that that room sounds amazing yeah,
1: um, and the, the Surrey FA one, it's funny because that's also a sales tactic as well. So from a testimonial perspective, you can make as many testimonials as you want, but does that actually sell stuff? Yeah. You know, a lot of people get case studies and testimonials, but, mm, it's, you know, it, it, I feel for me, it doesn't help me buy a product. However, what we've done is we created that testimonial and then sent that testimonial directly to other FA's. Mm-hmm. And in like four days, we had booked the five other FAs meetings with that are, that are around us as well. Yeah. So it's not only just about making that testimonial, but who are you going to target that testimonial to? You know. Yeah. Exactly. And your point about making that phone call as well. Another another massive tip. <laughs> is that we call this thing called the PBC campaign, right? personalized video content so rather than me email someone hey Joe blogs we want to make content for you what we now do is we create a personalized video it's obviously very easy for us to do because we've got a studio here and stuff but we say we actually record a video saying hey Joe blogs we've had a look at your website you know and we actually say their name and their business name and then send a screenshot of that video hyperlinked to the actual video itself and the response rate has gone from 20 to one to four to one. so we now get one in four response uh because we've cut through the noise we've been different you know we've used video used our own tools yeah
0: and that that was actually going to be my next question because there's there seems to be obviously a lot of agencies around a lot of uh people pushing video what have you noticed or have you struggled or noticed that you have to be louder than the others to still get heard it's uh, I don't necessarily need to be louder as such. It's
1: more focused uh, and conversational. You know, and th- th- this, I always feel like I'm, <coughs> excuse me, teaching people to suck eggs in this point. But there's uh, social media, right? Mm. Social media. P-Y. And everybody's focusing on the media side. You know, no one focuses on the social side. If you were to meet somebody and they spoke to you, you would just say, good one, and then walk away. <laughs> You know what I mean? You wouldn't just put a thumbs up. You've got to have a conversation with somebody. You've got to spark a conversation. You've got to be social in social media. So I think the key thing really is not necessarily to be louder. You've got to be laser targeted. You've really got to focus your your content to the right audience. Uh, And you've got to be conversational. You've got to show your personality too. You've really got to, you know, people buy from people. If I, you know, if I turned up in a suit to a professional services meeting, well, a meeting with a professional services company, they're gonna uh, assume that I'm just one of them and yeah. they'll switch off. But if I rock up in my camo cap and my seat <laughs> you know, they instantly know, oh, he's a creative. You know, he's, yeah. the, he's the guy that we need on board.
0: You know, you've got to show your personality at all times. Kind of thing. Why, do, why do you think people struggle with the social side so much online, especially LinkedIn? um
1: I think it's because they are it's easy for them to hide behind a screen you know again these are all kind of cliches and stuff but it's easy to not engage it's easy just to thumb through or scroll through your feed um people are focused on sales and they should be focused on relationship building you'll know this you probably at 5 10 a day you'll connect with somebody within 30 seconds you get a message pop up on your, on your oh, link yeah. and you're like oh god here we go, and you open up the message, and it's hey, we are a whatever company that's nothing related to your company, but we'd like to sell you some product. Would you like to book a meeting? And you're like, oh my
0: god, please! And I'll some find of them, the unfriend button fast enough.
1: Yeah, some of them I've kind of like gone back to them and said, does this actually work for you? Like it's so funny. I've had people like that generates you know one of those leads companies. You know they generate leads for you over LinkedIn, yeah. and they send me this message, and in fact it actually said. Hi Gary and then hi Karen. <laughs> and then what they've done is obviously they've copied and pasted their previous message to Karen and pasted it towards me. And I was like, firstly, look, my name's Gary. Uh, and secondly, does this this actually work? Because if you were to do this approach for me as a lead generation company, I'd be embarrassed. Mm. You know, build a relationship over three months before you start selling. You know, just rock up to someone and go, hey, do you want to buy my product? You, you say, Hey, how's the weather? You know, let's, let's talk, let's have a conversation over a beer first. Don't sell to me, you know. So I think yeah. that problem is people are, are too mu- too much focused on uh, selling rather than relationship building. It's always got to be relationship building first, and then you sell based off of the relationship, not based off of a a, a, a binary connection, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know, you're only a Karen on a Sunday, anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. It's funny. My mom's named my mom's named Karen. <laughs> so, yeah, they they might have maybe
0: they maybe they used it maybe yeah. they did their research so well yeah that's right like, oh we hear
1: that your mum is named karen oh that's great yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: hey hey gary how's your mum yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That, that
0: would make you stop that would make you stop <laughs> that me.
1: will make me reply yeah
0: <laughs> yeah there you go if anyone wants to contact gary all you have to do now is speak speak yes yeah, i hear hey, your mum karen's okay yeah yeah um one question that i get asked a lot to ask on the podcast for my community is about hiring staff um yeah. And when you, uh, when you went through, because you did it quite quickly within six months, even though you've run agencies before, what when you hire staff, what was the biggest thing that you had to consider for them to fit into the, the capital content brand and business?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, initially that to try and put up with me. You know, I'm <laughs> one of these people that has, you know, I'm so creative, I'm not bigging myself up, but I'm a, I'm a creative person and I have all of these ideas and uh, the people around me, you know, imagine these ideas are birds flying away and these people need to try and grab these birds and put them in a cage and then, you know, develop that bird. Uh, so uh, first instance, they have to kind of like get on with me or, you know, understand me as such. And then the next one, it's only a small company, but culture is, is kind of a thing. You know, mm. you've got to be relatively relaxed um, and relaxed. Really, you've got to understand the importance of video content. That's a very administrative way of looking at uh, employing people, but uh, I think it's definitely the type of person. I don't care about experience. You know, it, that doesn't bother me. It's more about you know willingness to learn. You know, can you? Get, how quickly can you learn? But actually, what type of person are you? Because people buy from people. They don't buy. You, you might be knowledgeable about a product, but if you're you're an idiot, they're not going to buy from you. Right?
0: <laughs> definitely, it's um did you on that job spec let's say did you yeah. put that down did you put like hey you gotta know you gotta get on with me gary uh, Yeah, i think i might have put it a little bit more professionally and said
1: <laughs> you know you got to kind of fit in with the company culture um that's but it. i it's funny the people that i have recruited have been either friends or friends of friends mm. uh, that's been both good and bad I in the agency and ended and here the agency did I actually employed my best man I got married out there my my best man was my BDM for a while and he kind of didn't perform very well Uh, and it was like two weeks to Christmas I'd already given him loads of chances and sadly had to kind of let him go you know 14 days before Christmas day so that that was a very tough situation Uh, but then you know I here I recruited kind of a friend of a friend as a sales director, you know, she's done really well and, you know, that that's worked okay. Yeah. But then, you know, um, my head of production is a very close friend. And then the, uh, I have uh, another business called capital conference, which is an events company. And they, uh, I employed someone who was a wife of a very close friend. And sadly, uh, you know, she left kind of very out of the blue and it kind of, you know, it, it ruined the relationship both between, obviously, me and her, and in particular, me and my very close friends because, they're, you know, not going into too much detail, but they just didn't talk to me about it. It was just like, oh, hey, I'm leaving in three weeks. See you later. And yeah. it cost me loads of money. It cost me loads of time. My mental health dropped considerably. It, You know, it was such a, a major thing as part of the business. And we really struggled for months after her leaving as well. And it was, you know, it was such a stab, what I felt, a stab in the heart. And that is the problem, or that is one of the problems with hiring a friend or a close friend, is that it's uh, there's an emotional tie to your employee. employee. I mean, there's you, you know, there should be an emotional tie anyway. What I mean is they were a very close friend and it's hindered stuff outside of the business and it's you know, so it's, it's a real shame.
0: You broke you broke the rule of never hiring your friends and family. Yeah, and I've hired four <laughs> friends
1: now. <laughs> it's such a shame. And they've all worked out except that one, you know, like it's it's unfortunate. Um, But we, you know,
0: I've learned from it now. Exactly. Question about that though: How did you pull yourself out of that like mental space that it put you in? Yeah, I mean, it was a struggle.
1: Like, so she would have told me in the morning, and I'm a very emotive person anyway, right? And she would have told me in the morning, and I managed to kind of hold myself together throughout the day. She left. I went home. When I tried to explain what happened to my wife when I got home, I just, I just broke down. Like, I just cried. I'm like, I'm, I'm six foot, 110 kgs. And absolutely I will cry at stuff that is emotional. And it, 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 it was it was such a tough time. Like I had serious anxiety, uh, you know, insomnia. Like I would I would be working 16 hours a day, I would, you know, go to bed, and as soon as I try to shut off, my mind will start writing emails, right, you know, writing tomorrow's emails. And, you know, and then I would get a response. This is all obviously in my head. I'd then get a response from that person and then I'd have a fight with that person. But really what I'm doing is I'm having a fight with myself. I'm making up these scenarios. So it was a really, really tough time, man. Like, it really affected me. And uh, I think what I, it's funny, i wrote an article about this the other day, what I noticed or how I pulled myself out of that situation was to share, I think sharing is key. You know, a lot of men, you know, they're all kind of staunch and they go, no, I'm not going to t- talk about problems. I'm just gonna deal with it myself. I'm gonna try and keep the tears in. Mm-hmm. It's okay to share. It's okay to cry. You know, get get those problems out. Even if you don't solve those problems with that person, you really have just got to say it out loud and get that stress off your shoulders. And and I think the other thing, quite an administrative change was I have a to do list. I use an app called wonder list to do all my to do's. And I actually changed the word to do to priorities. Wow. And that simple change completely mixed everything up. You know, it wasn't a matter of a list of to dos. Oh God, I've got so many things to do. It was a list of priorities, and then everything becomes a priority. So that is a, that was a massive tip to kind of pull myself out. Uh, and I think there's also an element of switching off. I was working sixteen hours a day. We all do. You know, uh, coming home, checking voicemails, checking emails, all that kind of stuff and there needs to be an element of before you go to bed turn your phone off for an hour an hour before because you do need that cut off you know it's tough to go on holiday you know if you don't work you don't get paid you know i'm a bit of a control freak i try and you know put thumbs in all the pies so it's difficult for me to go away but if you could just have an hour where no one can get hold of you that is absolutely key because you start to break out of that person that you're that you're stuck in and then you start to share and want to do more with other people outside of your phone, you know? Yeah.
0: What's the biggest difference you've seen since making those slight changes?
1: Uh, I mean, productivity. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm probably, I'm going bald, but I think less hair is falling out at a rate rather than more hair, should I say? Um, And I think, yeah, it's more of a focus on what's more important than a focus on a menial things. You know, you, like I said, when I go to bed, I write tomorrow's emails in my head. I don't need to do that. I can write tomorrow's emails tomorrow. Mm. I start now thinking about bigger stuff to say, oh, well, what? who else can I get in front of in terms of a long-term sales strategy? I, I don't mind worrying about that in bed because that's great. That generates revenue that grows the business. But writing tomorrow's emails and arguing with that person when it they're not actually arguing with me, it, I don't need to do that. So it's more focusing on your priorities rather than your to-dos. You know? Yeah
0: excellent so you're three years in mm-hmm. where are you where are you taking capital content what's next for you guys um that's, uh, that's a
1: good question i think uh, obviously uh, to grow you need to diversify all these lovely buzzwords <laughs> we exclusively now just make video content uh we do photography uh, and we do strategy um i think our next evolution is social you know helping you know we create the content we might as well manage the content on social as well at the moment we just yeah. help people with guidance so that's probably a big thing what we're quite keen on is giving uh, support to uh, like interns or students local students and whatnot and i think what we'll bring on is maybe a couple of students that are at college to kind of you know two days here three days there uh, uh, because the kids know how to run these social platforms mm we can teach them how to create the content and then we can obviously start charging for that. We need additional revenue streams is the aim. So social media is a big thing. One of our ethos, ethos is, is that we, we don't charge for strategy. We don't charge for the ideas. We only charge for the production. Yeah. You know, we, we, Most agencies will bring out portaloos and catering trucks on a 30 second video. Whereas we like I said, don't charge for that idea. We only charge for actually pressing the buttons and being on site. Uh, so I always want to try and keep that, you know, I'll only charge for what we're actually doing rather than the, the big fluffy agency idea, you know?
0: Yeah. The, when you get into that space of having meetings for the sake of meetings. For the sake yeah, of man. People. I mean, there's loads of money in it. Don't get me wrong. Cause
1: I can charge 50 grand for an idea, but I don't want to
0: charge 50 grand for yeah. an idea. You know? That's it. It's uh that shows your values in business, right? Isn't it? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think if you're doing video the way you're doing those values are the ones that come across uh, and get shown um for you what what can you predict or maybe not predict is the right word but what can you foresee changing in in the industry uh do you know i think it's
1: just general you know a, a amount of content no one is making enough you know there are very few businesses in the uk making enough content mm. and i think they don't think about what content they want to make either so uh, from a prediction perspective n- not even a, a prediction what i'd like t- to happen is for people to think about the content that they make you know don't just go out there and shoot a time lapse <clears throat> like think about what is this time lapse going to achieve when yeah. i post it out on social and then just the the sheer volume of content, you know, you read all these things, oh, there's going to be you know, 80% of all internet traffic is going to be video in the next five years, blah, 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 blah. But I genuinely think that's that's the truth, you know. It, it, businesses now need to, like I mentioned, be episodical. I want to tune in every, one o'clock every Friday and, yeah. and watch a video from a particular company that I enjoy watching. So I think soon there's going to be a lot more structure, a lot more strategy. Uh, because that's what we do for our clients and very few people are doing it nowadays you know people need to bulk record content shoot 10 videos in a day and um, don't shoot one video each day you know get
0: yeah. a little amount of disruption shall i say exactly do you think the social platforms like linkedin facebook are going to change to help make that
1: more doable um i mean there's not much more advancement you can really do now i think it's funny Facebook is great in terms of technology. You know, they've got all these different ways of shooting video, live, all that kind of stuff, you know, engage, you can comment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but your organic reach is super low. Yeah. Whereas then on LinkedIn, the functionality is not there at all. You can even very few people can go live. You can only just upload a video, maybe put a sticker on it, but your organic reach is massive. Like I posted a video last week. It's got 5,000 views. For me to get 5,000 views on Facebook, I'm going to need to spend 20 quid you know yeah. at, at minimum you know so they're, they're both good in terms of you know the audiences that you want to get in front of mm. um but I, there's not much more advancement you know even if you look at quality of video as well there you know there's only so much resolution the human eye can see so once we get to like 8k <laughs> there's no point you know what you don't need don't, it doesn't need to be any more you know high res because yeah. we can't see any more high res than that you know and the, the, the problem that we are encountering now is disk space you know e- each shoe is now maybe half a terabyte wow it's just nuts yeah it's That's absolutely nuts. nuts
0: i remember one of my first businesses i was selling um like usb keys and hard drives and things and yeah and and 16 gig usb hard usb key was seen as huge
1: yeah, um, man, I, been, uh, uh, I have the same story. I was around a mate's house. It was when I was at school years ago, and they just got themselves a new PC. And the, the the guy who installed it said to my mate's mum, "Oh, this has got a one gigabyte hard drive. <laughs> you won't be able to fill this in a lifetime." <laughs> oh, wow, he was wrong. Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah. it's amazing how technology just changes so quickly it's scary it's scary. It's scary yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's, like... uh, so my, my final question to you gary is what um what three tips can you give any business owner when it comes to creating content
1: oh wow okay three tips so three yeah man so i mean the first one is obviously everyone uses a mobile phone or, or you should be using a mobile phone um the rear-facing camera versus the front-facing camera. Everyone uses the front-facing camera because they can see themselves. If you're gonna do that, when you shoot the video, you need to look at the lens and not the actual screen itself. So if if we're looking at the the shot right now, I'm looking at the video of me and my eyes are looking down. Whereas what you should be doing is looking at the lens and talking to people. And that's a way more engaging way of looking at it. However, you probably noticed everyone looks at the screen because they're looking at themselves. Well, we're doing it right now. You know? Yeah, well, um, just that, on, on yeah. It. that's, that's Tip point. number one. Um, tip number two is uh, the background, like what's in the background of your shot. And um, what we would recommend is taking a selfie, uh, looking at that picture and going right. What can I remove? What can I tidy up? Like you've got stats or you know meeting notes or you know things to do on your on your whiteboard right there. Um, whereas I've got branding. You know, Mm. you can see my logo, whichever way it is. You know, all these, all these pictures and stuff like that. Um, And then number three, um, oh, this, this is a really good one. So, and this is another one for you.
0: Yeah,
1: podcasts. Everyone wants to make podcasts, which is great. Um, Everyone wants to make loads of content, but they don't have time. What you want to do, and which you're kind of half doing now, is obviously shooting that podcast. You know, you have all this video, and then once you've shot that podcast using video, uh, using a camera, you extract the audio. And you up that, uh, upload that into your podcast, uh, your podcast platforms, which you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, next step is to then find ten banger sound bites from the podcast video and cut those into trailers. No one's going to watch a, a 45 minute podcast video on LinkedIn or Facebook. It's just too long. But if you create a 10, 15-second one-liners of me saying tips or sound bites or whatever, and then use those as 10 trailers over the social, then with a call to action to say, if you want to listen to the whole podcast, click here and get redirected. If you post, start posting audio on its own, you know, the platforms don't really like it. It looks a bit clunky. It's not not as pretty. What they want is video. So you want to get, a, you know, like I said, a tip of me going, blah, 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 this is my story for 15 seconds with a call to action to say, watch more. That means then you've created 10 short trailers and a podcast all in one session.
0: Yeah, dude, smashed it. Huge, eh? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes myself.
1: Good luck. (laughs) What you want to do is watch out for the Capco Couch. So we've got a season of video content, two every week, uh, and it's all about tips and tricks on how to create your own video content.
0: Fantastic. If anyone wants to contact you or speak with you directly, what's the best way to do it?
1: Uh, all the contact details are on CapitalContent.co. uh, flick me an email, give me a call, whatever you want. I'm, I'm more than happy to just have a chat about video content. If you know, if you've got ideas, if you want to create your own content, kind of ring me up and say, you know, what will Gary do? We're really transparent. Uh, we've got public pricing. We have a budget calculator on our website as well. So you can actually go and see how much your business should be spending on video content uh, and a referral uh, page as well. So if you want free booze, click that link, let me know how you get on.
0: There we go. Thank you so much, Gary, for being on Founders 365. You've been fantastic. This has been Founders 365. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening.